Thanks, Dan. Thank you. Good afternoon, everyone. Good to see you. Uh, wasn't that great just to be in God's presence? And I loved how you led us at the beginning, Dan, just around the resurrection. Loved how the worship team just led us around singing the gospel, the crucifixion, the resurrection of Jesus. Because everything we do is, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> it's right at the heart of everything. And hopefully it'll be right at the heart of what I'm going to share today. So yeah, as Dan said, we, we're going through a series. We've been looking at six areas that are our distinctives or our cultural values for us in the hub. And uh, so we've looked at a diverse community. We've looked at being a caring community. We've looked at being a welcoming community. And uh, so we've got three left. We're going to look at prayer and prophetic as one area of the kind of community we want to be. We're going to look at graciousness as an area that we want to be. And then today is the apostolic. And uh, so we want to be an apostolic church, don't we? Yeah. And to be honest, I thought that might be a bit muted. Because when we talk about this word apostolic or the role of the apostle who takes the lead in the, in the apostolic work, it's, is it a little bit unclear? Is it slightly like we're not quite sure what that means? So we say, yes, it would be great to be an apostolic church, because that sounds, like, that sounds good, doesn't it? But maybe we're not quite sure exactly what it means. And so I think anyone doing a message will have their own kind of take on it, potentially. So I'll have my own take on it, I'm sure. But I want to try and unpack a little bit today about what it might mean for us to be an apostolic community. And if you think I've missed bits or got it wrong, then feel free to come and tell me. Uh, but this is, this is my approach or my look at the apostolic. So C.S. Lewis said this, you never know what you can do until you try. And very few try unless they have to. Yeah, if Penny likes it. Penny likes it or doesn't like it, one of the two. <laughs> we'll go with liking it. So you never know what you can do until you try, and very few try unless they have to. You see, I think the role of the apostolic is all about pressing into new things. The apostolic is all about taking new grounds, extending our boundaries, new adventures, if you like, in God. But you see, I think the problem is that it's pretty much human nature to want to settle. We like our comfort zones. We like to settle. We like to know what's going on around us. And actually, if things start to change, it can be quite naturally unsettling for us. And, you know, as a church, we've been through a lot of change, haven't we? And I know it's been unsettling. But I think the role of the apostle, or if we're going to be an apostolic people, it's all about saying, we're going to try not to settle. We're going to try and keep moving on in God into the new that he has for us. So Dan alluded to this a moment ago. I love adventure. So not this Thursday, but the Thursday before, a friend Sam and I, we went down to Weymouth, down to the Dorset coast. And uh, we, just, we knew that we were going to go away on that Thursday, but we deliberately didn't plan what we were going to do. And so we only decided to go down to the Dorset coast on that day. And so we both had our backpacks with all our camping gear and everything. And we got in the car and we drove down towards the Dorset coast, aiming for the Weymouth area, but that was about all we knew. We didn't know where we were going to camp. We didn't know what we were going to eat, anything like that. And I love that. I absolutely love that. For some people, I'm sure that would be your worst nightmare. But for me, I absolutely love that sense 
of adventure, and we had a great time. We camped by the sea, so we, by the ocean, so we, uh, we went to sleep with the sound of the waves on the, on the beach, and we woke up to the same sound. It was amazing. I had a great time. But a few weeks prior to that, my family and I, our extended family, we went to Cornwall on our holiday in the last week of June. And we met a few months before, kind of March, April time, and we had an evening of just looking at some different campsites, deciding where we're going to go. And we'd been a few times previously, and we'd always been to the same campsite. And, but this time, we were thinking, well, maybe we could try somewhere new. Maybe we could go to a different campsite. Whew, no, this is boundary-pushing stuff. And uh, so we looked at some different sites. We spoke to some friends in Cornwall who recommended a few sites. And we looked at some different ones. And, oh, there, that looks good. That's a good location by the beach. And we can maybe do that if we went there. And we looked at three, and, three or four. And in the end, we decided that we were going to go to the same one that we've always been to. Because we knew that the showers and the toilets were nice and clean. We knew what kind of welcome we were going to get by the owners. We got to know them a little bit by now. We knew the kind of culture of the site, and it was just known. And so we thought, well, we'll do that. And then we went there and, and we started to decide what we were going to do when we arrived. And so the first day, we went to St. Ives because we'd been to St. Ives before, and that was really good. And so we drove to the same car park because we knew we could park there. We got the same train in St. Ives because we knew it was going to be busy in St. Ives. We walked around the same shops that we always go to, and then we went back. But it was great. You know, we loved it. And then the next day, we wanted to go to Fistral Beach on New- at Newquay because we'd been there before, and, and it was great. And we walked the same coastal path that we walked before, and you get the idea. And as we drove away at the end of our week, we had a wonderful time. We really did. But we just reflected on the car on the way home. Maybe next time we should try something different. (laughs) Maybe we should try something new. Because it is so easy just to do the same things because it's comfortable and because you know it's going to be good and you enjoyed it last time, so hey, we're going to enjoy it again. There's some risk in the new. But the role of the apostolic leader is to try and convince us to abandon our comfort zones at times and press into the new and see what God has for us. Yes, there's risk involved. Yes, we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but there's adventure in that as well. God's always expanding. Let's expand with him. So I want to just cover three things today, just three areas, three points, if you like, that I think sum up the role of the apostle or the apostolic church. And as we go through this, I'd love you just to consider how can we become an apostolic people How can we be part of this and become this kind of people? So number one then, to be apostolic means to be devoted to the spread of the gospel. All that we've been singing about today. To be devoted to the spread of the gospel. We get a great insight in Acts chapter 6 to the role of the apostles, the leaders in the early church. We just had Pentecost, things were going well in a sense, the word of God spreading, signs and wonders, people coming to faith in big numbers, but persecution was kicking off as well. So there was difficulties around. But in the midst of all of this, a problem comes up. Some of the widows are being overlooked in the distribution of food. And so that problem comes to the apostles, to the apostolic leaders, the leaders of that church. And... They say this in verse 2, Acts 6, verse 2. It says, It would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. That's the response 
of the apostles. Maybe sounds a little bit harsh on first read. What they're not saying, I don't think, they're not saying, oh, this is something unimportant that we're not interested in. I don't think they're saying that. I think what they're saying is, actually, we've got a role as leaders here, and we need to focus in on this role. We cannot neglect our job as apostles. And their job is the ministry of the Word of God. Later on, it says that they were going <clears> to <throat> excuse me, focus in on prayer and ministry of the Word. Now, I think it's pretty easy for us to in our 21st century church lens, have a look at that and think, well, what is prayer and ministry of the Word of God? And I think we could quite easily conclude that the prayer is kind of, well, let's be praying for one another that things go well in our lives, that we don't have problems if we're unwell or ever praying for one another. And of course, there are great things to pray for. I'm sure the apostles did pray for those things. But I think the kind of prayer they're talking about here is that the Holy Spirit would move. I think the kind of prayer they're talking about is that the gospel would be proclaimed. I believe the kind of prayer they're talking about is, God, would you move? Would you save many? Would you help us in the midst of this persecution to stay strong and see the gospel proclaimed? See signs and wonders. See people put their faith and their trust, give their lives to Jesus to become his followers, his disciples. And again, in our, through our 21st century church lens, it would be easy to say, well, what's ministry of the Word of God? Well, maybe it's what I'm doing here as a leader. Maybe it's preaching to a church, teaching them the Word of God. And, and I think that is definitely in there, and that's important. We do it. It's important. We want to do it. But I think the ministry of the Word of God is about the gospel spreading and the gospel being proclaimed and people coming to faith. I think that's what it means. I'll unpack that for you just a little bit more. Because in Acts 6, the same chapter here, but just five verses later, Acts 6 verse 7, it said this, So the word of God spread. They talked about the ministry of the word of God. In Acts 6, 7, it says, So the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. I think this ministry of the word of God is about the gospel spreading, being proclaimed, as Dan led us in at the beginning of the meeting. So some examples, because um, Luke uses this phrase. So Luke wrote the gospel of Luke and the book of Acts. He uses this phrase, the word of God, or the word of the Lord, a lot. So Acts 8, 25 After they had further proclaimed the word of the Lord and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Acts 12, 24. But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. Acts 13, 5. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. Acts 13, 49. The word of the Lord spread throughout the whole region. Acts 19.10, this went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. The ministry of the word of God, I'd suggest to you that that means the spreading, the proclamation of the gospel. The apostles were focused in on praying for this to happen 
and doing it. The role of the apostle, I'd suggest, is to focus the lens on the spread of the gospel, the word of the Lord. The apostle won't be distracted. Do you see that in the Acts 6 too? It'd be wrong for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God. The apostle is focused in on the spread of the gospel, won't be distracted. May even get frustrated when it feels like the word of God is not spreading as it should do. Because that's what they're called to, I believe. Let's just think for a moment, probably the most famous apostle in the Bible, the apostle Paul. In the first words of 1 Corinthians, so 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 1, it says Paul, he's just, he often would start his letters with his name to say it was written by him. So Paul, called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Proud to be an apostle, naming himself as such. And then I found this fascinating, Acts 18. This is Acts 18 from verse 5. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching, testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. But when they opposed Paul and became abusive, he shook out his clothes in protest and said to them, your blood be on your own heads. I'm innocent of it. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. Then Paul left the synagogue, went next door to the house of Titus Justus, a worshiper of God. Crispus, the synagogue leader, and his entire household believed in the Lord, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul believed and were baptized. One night, the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, do not be afraid, keep on speaking, do not be silent, for I am with you, and no one is going to attack and harm you, because I have many people in this city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half, teaching them the word of God, teaching them the gospel. Can you see just the passion with which Paul operated? I love how he just, where am I going to start? I'm going to go next door. (laughs) There we go. There's somewhere to start. I'm going to go next door. So to be apostolic means to be devoted to the spread of the gospel. That's number one. Number two, to be apostolic means to raise up workers to continue the work. Jesus says this, Luke 10, chapter 2. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. In other words, there's people out there ready to respond. But it's so few people out there bringing the harvest in. Well, no, I'm out there, and others. There are others. I meet loads, yeah. 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 But there's few. There's few. But people are out there preaching the gospel, offering to pray. But there's so few. It's still true today, I agree. There's a great story in Acts chapter 19. I'm just going to paraphrase it quickly. So Paul arrives in Ephesus, and he meets 12 disciples there. And he starts to speak to them about the baptism they've had. And they say, well, look, we've been baptized by John's baptism, which was the baptism of the water baptism of repentance, forgiveness of sins. But Paul says, well, look, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they're like, well, no. So Paul lays hands on them, prays with them, and they receive the Holy Spirit. 
And um, then it goes on to start to talk about how Paul begins the, the project, if you like, of seeing the gospel preached. And so they get this lecture hall. It's called Lecture Hall of Tyrannus. And um, Paul starts teaching and training in there every day. It says he's there for two years every day with these 12 disciples, presumably. And he's teaching and training. And the result is, I read it earlier, Acts 19, verse 10. This went on for two years so that all the Jews and Greeks who lived in the province of Asia heard the word of the Lord. All the Jews and Greeks. Some translations, it says every resident heard the word of the Lord in two years. Some friends of mine did a little bit of research into how many people were in the province of Asia at that time. And uh, they concluded they thought it was between about one and a half and three million people. Heard the word of the Lord in two years. Why? Well, we don't get all the answers as to exactly how it happened, but I'd suggest that Paul and the 12 disciples he found there in Ephesus were training and sending people out, that lots of people were proclaiming the gospel in order to reach up to 3 million people with the gospel. Incredible. You see, apostles train more workers to do this, to enter these plentiful harvest fields and bring in the harvest. It's why the apostle is a gift to the church. It's one of those gifts listed in Ephesians chapter 4, a gift to the church to help train us all so that we can all be part of this ministry for the gospel to be proclaimed. It means that we need to make sure that we've got all the other gifts. So pastors, teachers, evangelists, prophets as well. But it does mean that the apostles need to be focused in, I believe, on this ministry of the word of God like they were in Acts chapter 6. Paul trained up many workers for God's mission. We hear about people like Barnabas and Silas and Timothy and Titus, to name a few. People who Paul would train more workers to spread the gospel. He taught them to proclaim the word of God. He taught them to disciple those who responded to send them out into the harvest fields just like Jesus did. And I love the little insight we get as well in Acts chapter 8, where we've had some real persecution happening. And the, the stoning of Stephen is at the end of Acts chapter 7. And then it says, all apart from the apostles were scattered. The beginning of Acts chapter 8, if you want to read it there. Everyone apart from the apostles was scattered out of Jerusalem. And it says in Acts 8, verse 4, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Without the apostles, because they knew what to do. Because <laughs> the apostles had done their job of training workers to carry on the work. Amen? So we've got, to be apostolic means to be devoted to the spread of the gospel. We've got, to be apostolic means to raise up workers to continue the work. And then number three, to be apostolic means to support and encourage churches. As people say yes to Jesus, turn and follow him, we need to encourage them into churches to build one another up as we seek to extend God's kingdom. The apostle will visit churches 
to help make sure they're healthy churches, to help them in their mission, help them in their care of those around them. It says this in Acts 15 from verse 35. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch, where they and many others taught and preached the word of the Lord. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit believers in all the towns where we preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. That's a key role of the apostle. Let's go back. Yes, we might be pressing on. We might be pressing into new things, making sure the gospel's proclaimed in new areas, but let's go back. Let's visit. Let's see how they're doing. So apostles will help form healthy churches. They'll help appoint leaders. They'll visit churches like here. Paul did a lot of writing to churches as well. We've got the epistles or letters in the New Testament that people like Paul and Peter, John, others wrote to encourage and build up churches. Also to challenge churches. There's, that happens as well. The role of the apostle is to point out things that they don't think is quite right as well. So we see that particularly in 1 Corinthians where there's things like sexual immorality, there's things like lawsuits among believers going on. And so Paul wants to, wants to say, come on, guys, this isn't right. We need to see this changed. That's something that the apostle will do as well. But it's all to encourage, it's all to build up the churches. They'll look to raise up leaders and then see those leaders take on responsibility but then support those churches that have been planted. So the apostle, or to be apostolic, means to be devoted to the spread of the gospel, means to raise up workers to continue the work, and it means to support and encourage churches. So just as I come to finish, I'm going to just do a quick interview with Andy, actually, Andy Neal, in a moment. But um, I just want to ask us just to consider if we're going to become an apostolic church or grow as an apostolic church, where might we all fit in? What would it be, what would it look like for us all to be equipped in acts of service, as it says in those gifts in Ephesians chapter 4, in the apostolic? What would that look like so that we become more of an apostolic church? people. So let me just ask you these questions for you to consider. Where might you proclaim the gospel and see it spread? How can you help to raise up more workers to continue the work? Who could you train? Who could you equip? How could you support and encourage this church? Or maybe God's calling you to help support and encourage another church. How can you build up other believers and encourage them? I've mentioned Ephesians 4. It talks about five gifts. The pastor, the teacher, the prophet, the evangelist, the apostle. I believe we're all called to do the work of a pastor We're all called to love, care for, encourage one another. I believe we're all called to do the work of a teacher. We're all called to share what God's been teaching us to encourage one another, help us all learn. I believe we're all called to do the work of a prophet. We're all called to hear God for ourselves and others 
I believe we're all called to do the work of an evangelist. We're all called to share the gospel, call people to follow Jesus. And I believe we're all called to do the work of an apostle. All called to see the word of God spread, raise up workers, and support each other in church. Yeah, some people are given specific gifts, like it says in Ephesians 4, to take the lead in these areas. But it's all to help us all grow in all of these five areas. What's God asking you to do? So I wanted just to ask Andy a few questions quickly. Uh, so basically, Andy came to me six, seven weeks ago, maybe something like that, and said, look, I feel like I need to get involved in trying to share the gospel with people and offering to pray with people I don't know. And so we got together. We've been out a few times. And uh, so I just wanted to ask you a few questions, Andy. So how did you hear God calling you to find lost people and to offer to pray and share the gospel? Yep, so it was while we were at the big church festival, actually. I'd, I'd just taken a book to read. I'd grabbed it off the shelf. And the first three or four chapters were about the presence of God. And it just had me in tears thinking, this is what I want, the presence of God. And one of the examples the author used was when Jesus called Peter to walk on the water. Mm. So Peter walked on water because he wanted to be with Jesus in his presence. And I thought, yep, that's what I want. And then various other things happening during that weekend and I felt what God was saying is, yes, you can be in my presence. And I felt what he was saying was to come and talk to you about what you were doing going out and just asking people to pray with them. Brilliant. That was like way out of my comfort zone. That was, I, you'd shared about doing it before and I thought, nope, that's absolutely nothing that I would ever do. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Great, and so thank you. And so what was it like starting off? Yes, that was daunting, (laughs) (laughs) nerve-wracking. What have I let myself in for? Okay, excellent. Yeah, so that's very honest. What was it like (laughs) when you were starting to engage with people and speak to people? How did that feel? Yep. Well, as, as you've been talking about, the apostle kind of encouraging people, then, I mean, you really did. You know, introduce me in what you were going to do, what it was like, what to look out for, which, you know, that really helped to put me at ease. Good, good, thank you. And so how have you grown in your faith? How have you grown in your confidence, boldness, all that kind of stuff as you've been doing this? Because we've been out, what, four or five times maybe now, something like that? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. so I, certainly it's, it's less daunting now, so getting more used to it, so grown in, in confidence in that, so yeah. Great, excellent. And uh, what's your hope for where this will go? What would you love to see through going out and offering to pray with people and sharing the gospel? Yep, um, I guess, I think actually most of the people that have agreed for us to pray for them have actually turned out to be Christians already, haven't they? Mm, uh, so, yeah, certainly some, yeah, 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 quite a few probably. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, to, to meet people who... You know, who, who for being prayed for is something new to them. Yeah. And to, yeah, to, to, I think at the moment, 
I've started this out of obedience, but to mm. really get the passion for it. Yeah, brilliant. I think that's the next step. Great. Thanks, Andy. Really appreciate it. Let's give Andy a round of applause. That's great. Thank you. So great. Let me just ask you those three questions again as we finish. Where might you proclaim the gospel and see it spread? How can you raise up more workers to continue the work? Who could you train? And how could you support this church or another church? God bless you. Thank you.